Hi guys, Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. Today's episode, we'll be talking to Jason Aird. Jason is the most passionate Metallica fan uh, you will ever meet. He is the founding member of the Met Club Legacy page. And we sat down in October in Perth and uh, talk all things Metallica. But before we go, uh, please go and visit our website and also the WeChat group. Uh, just go and search for Tell Craig Your Story and uh, you'll, be, you'll be able to find all the updates. All right, here we go. So here is part one of two parts of the interview with Jason Ed on Tell Craig Your Story. Jason, Jason, we're here. We're here. We're in Perth, Australia. The tour that never was or never will be. What are we doing here? Why are we here? We're on sightseeing tour. It's a tour that was. It's a tour, but just specifically a non-related Metallica tour. Non-related Metallica tour. It does feel a bit strange, you know. It does feel very, very strange. Uh, there's been lots of controversy all on the internet and all that uh, about James being, uh, you know, going to rehab and then all of a sudden um, announcing U.S. tours. Ten, twelve. Timing. Yeah. Timing. Is do you think that's a um, a bit of pressure on James, do you think? Of course it is, definitely. Mm. I mean, when you look at it from from a mental health issue, if you're putting parameters around someone's time frame to say this is a date that you need to be ready, yeah. and you're ready all firing on all cylinders with so much at stake, it can put a lot of pressure on anybody, definitely. particularly someone at that level. So we hope that that's not the case and it's precautionary. And how do you know that they're going to be even ready for That's that right. tour? It's with a lot James. of pressure from from all angles, and it's in the expectation that it builds, and hmm. it can really create a situation that, for a band of that level, that's already cancelled a tour, would, yeah. would really eat into their reputation. All right, so we're back on. So a bit of a bit of a technical issue there. A bit we of love technical issues. Slight technical issue, but uh, we're talking about. Uh, um, not uh, coming to Australia and uh, and then uh, 10 days later, 10 or 12 days later, uh, announcing that they were going to play 10 uh, dates in the US. I mean, do you think that that was already uh, confirmed well well ahead of time months, before, the, before he went into rehab? Months. That would have been... Rumours talks were in and around... Middle of the year. year. At least yeah. the middle of the year, there was speculation around... Something significant in the US. Yeah. So with, and is it a new? Is it a new? Uh, who is it? Do you know who this guy is? Who in a famous? We own a consortium amongst across the five festivals. Right. So again, it's a link in with uh, the five festivals themselves. So again, someone a festival that's pretty well festival that, that are pretty well known across in the US. So they pretty have have a pretty decent name. Right. Okay. Um, and we were saying, like, um, like why, why are they, why are they going back to the US? I mean, it seems as if it's a bit of a saturation. Uh, well, going a, back to the US. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it from strictly from a business standpoint, I mean, that's where the most money is being made, and True. that's where a lot of these decisions are going to be based around. But didn't you say that there was maybe how many shows that they've done? Yeah, they've done close West? to seventy shows in the US. Yeah. And, and, and but again. You would argue per tour, particularly if you're going related to their, their closest tour to this in terms of global success, yeah. you would look at the Black Album tour and they've probably done twice as many. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah. I mean, if you're, going, if you're going to have to do it in comparable terms, but the size of the shows is probably the difference. Full, first full headlining tour in the US, first full-time headlining tour, stadium tour in Europe, and then you're back and... and, re, and went back into that market again through an arena run and then mm. went back into the US market with a B market, with a B market arena run as well. Well, I have two, yeah. th- uh, two things to say about that. One, one thing is that they were 27 
28 yeah. when, when, when the Black Album come out. So, you know, they could play every night. It, James could sing every night. And it answers your question about yeah. why we're at in the yeah. situation with Australia. That's a yeah. big part of it. When you look at James, particularly appearance-wise, and you can read into appearance-wise how you want, and there's very yeah, opinions definitely. around that. We're not psychologists, but in the end, appearance does show through him, particularly definitely. 2016, his, his, his look was, he looks very, very tired and very run down. I think that was highlighted in S&M, even though his performance... Yeah, you couldn't tell. No, no his definitely performance couldn't tell. was exceptional. And I think that, for me, highlights the decision for the cancellation of Australian tour was made before, after the European run, stadium mm -hmm. run, before S&M 2, which would have rejuvenated James. I've got two shows to get through. Let's get yes. through all the PR. Let's get through uh, rehearsals. Let's get through this big moment in Australia uh, in um, Metallica history because it was it was made major significant history in parts of the 20 year anniversary of S&M um, and also the worldwide scope and the reach for that that type of event mm. so I mean it sort of showed in his performance and knowing that there wasn't any shows after that so again I've, I've used this term a lot around this issue with Australia Australia's collateral damage for, the, for that unfortunately yeah and the other thing is, is uh, you know, is it a, is it a business thing? I think did we talk about this before? Like, is it a business thing? Are, are they doing it now for the for the for the love? Um, and, and I keep thinking of all these different uh, yeah. things because uh, we've talked also about Japan as well. I mean, yeah. huge market. Uh, yeah. Well, there's normally they would they would add maybe four or five shows. Well, there are other Japan. markets as well other than Australia, that, as you rightly say. There's Japan, but then there's also parts of the Middle East that they've done Dubai. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry, Abu Dhabi. They did um, South Africa. Yes. On previous in previous tours, um, there are other markets they can look at, and they've spoken about those quite frequently and often. So I mean, it's it just seems to be a saturation in these two primary markets, Europe. Mm. in America again because it's where the most benefit comes from from a, from a financial standpoint yeah. and that's where the business part comes in if you're going to talk about how they actually feel about playing and I mean if you look at Lars I think Lars is really, really rejuvenated I think he's really enjoying yes. that part of it that really highlights Lars's personality for yeah. James who's very introverted very likes his space you can tell for him it's completely the opposite so that's where the dynamics of the band is really different some can handle that type of pressure some can't um, as in the ex expectation and the drain of what that type of tour can do mm. and I think it shows with James particularly I would say for me the last six months and I just see a di a, 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 I'm sorry but it's a different it's a different James he just yes. seems run down tired um and that just 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 goes to show his professionalism of course you know, it's his talent you know it's his yeah. talent it's his talent i'm tired yeah. uh, i i need some help but i'm gonna i'm gonna get through this this stage this european tour and yeah just, you know again we don't know the level and we we probably will never know the level where the addiction fits in or where the mental health fits in how much they work hand in hand we'll never ever know that and that's private and that's the way it should be yeah. But when we talk, talk strictly about his performance and what he's willing to give show after show, there's no argument. He's an exceptional talent. And like SM2 was like having the opportunity to see that show live. It was like certainly up there with the most significant events that I've experienced. Yeah. And again, the, the point of hearing that they were cancelling the tour was just such a shock. Mm. I mean, there was no way after seeing that would you expect the cancellation of a tour just based on his, how they the band were prepared, how much preparation, how prepared they were and how that show all was put together and just the coming together of a whole different range of factors really, really highlighted uh, that, that event itself. Yeah. And, and it's just very, you don't know if it's a family thing as well because... Uh, even last time when he went, he went into rehab. The first time he went into rehab, uh, it was very family based. Yeah. Um, you know, the the wife sort of um, laying down the law, yeah. saying it's either the family or we leave. You yeah. do something about it. Of course. 
who knows if it's the, if, yeah. it, if it's that or yeah. if it's just a physical or a mental yeah, mental sort of issue. Again, we'll, we'll we'll probably never ever know that. But one thing mm. I do know with experience in that sector myself is um, the best predictor of future behaviour is past. Yeah. So if for whatever reason issues start to crop up, what tends to happen with addictive personalities and fall back into things that you know you shouldn't. What level that is, how far it can go. Um, etc etc is, is very subjective so we'll probably never ever know that but the answer is is they've cancelled the four yes but the other answer to that is they've added dates a year in advance yeah that's right so again it gets back to my point of, of australia unfortunately is gonna miss it and it's gonna it's gonna be is collateral damage around all that and where we fit um further down the track i don't know mm. um, obviously they they will make the effort to come but I mean, that doesn't make that doesn't make it any easier for Australian fans. Not so much me personally, but Australian fans in general. And it, and it just goes to show um, the the dedication of the Australian fans. I mean, uh, us too. I mean, you know, both have been very loyal to the band, yeah. and, and we've been to many concerts and travelled the world uh, to see them. But they've cancelled the show, and we're still here in Perth. Yeah, we've just met some friends, uh, nice. you know, from Sydney. Uh, there's people from Melbourne. Yeah. There's going to be people from uh, America coming uh, to Melbourne. Um, so it just goes to show that there's a there's a huge family here in Australia, uh, very very dedicated uh, to the band. Um, so I just hope that they don't just think of it as like a business thing. And uh, really, truly hope that there is some really, really dedicated Australian I think fans. The, I think they know. I think they do know I that. Think, I think the band knows that, as yeah. in the four individual individual band members. Mm. But again, the decisions around all these things are very complex, and it's not just mm-hmm. as simple as go boys. What you what do you want yes. to do? It's like there's there's a lot of third party circumstances. There's, there's a lot of issues that we aren't privy to and we don't we would never understand not being at that sort of level a lot of so, hands in the cookie yeah. jar but again we're getting back to your point about the loyalty of our australian fans is like some metallica music's always a conduit but people mm. make memories and that's what this feels like for me mm. seeing you seeing other dedicated fans that have made the effort still to yeah to get together it sort of highlights just something a little bit more deeper than just i'm just coming for the sake of the band i'm coming for my friendships yeah, it's a and friendship thing. And, and it is a f- which is which is for me at my stage where I'm at in my life. It's probably just as important than yeah. the love for the band. Well, it's it's convenient for us too because we're both uh, Newcastle boys, uh, Newcastle born and bred. But uh, I haven't seen Nathan uh, since uh, the last tour. Yeah. So that's six six yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, so. And I just he just saw us in the street. Yeah. Hey Craig, we're yeah. in Perth. Uh, I live in Shanghai, and yeah. uh, you know, meeting him in Perth just randomly. I, I didn't even know he was here. Yeah, um, we all have a Metallica story, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. not one's more important than the other. And it doesn't matter about show numbers. It doesn't matter about show uh, band history or your mm. band history. It doesn't matter about all that. It's about the love for the music and the love for the band. And when that all comes together, and you meet that same type of with another individual the connection is so strong and so real and it just makes it beyond just a, a normal friendship there's a connection there that goes a lot more multi-layered and I think that that's the biggest part for me that I find so rewarding and of course you know with a band like Metallica you're going to find a different type of haters band. yeah you're going to find a different type of fan and that's their thing they're entitled to that I'm mm-hmm. not going to judge anybody about that do I relate to that I don't personally because you know I've been in the band since '86. I could sit there and talk about history and all those things and shows mm. and show numbers and all that. Relatively to me, doesn't mean too much. I mean, it's it's great, but I mean for me, it's a connection that's a lot more deeper than just talking show numbers and. Yeah, that's and it. All. Yeah, I, I I agree. It's all yeah. about um, going to see your favorite band yeah. play, have a good time, and then after it. Uh, hang out with friends that have a have a similar interest, um, and then being able to go to different cities and different countries—that's yeah. what it's all about. 
Yeah, you know I mean, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, personally for me, Metallica's the thing for me to escape from my pressures, pressures in everyday life and what mm. I mean, the music, what me, the music's always meant to me at a deeper level and obviously when you get around other people that are similar minded, the connection's so strong and you find a friendship last, will last longer than Metallica ever will. Yeah. And those friendships are so deep and so real and so yeah. genuine and, and, and they happen really quick, they happen really naturally and really quickly with a lot of some fans. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, can, I can tell the story when I met uh, Mark, uh, Mark Hill and Adam Bricknell uh, and Rick Lee. Yeah. Uh, um, I was going to the Gold Coast, Big Day Out, 2004, mm. um, by myself. Um, I met these guys on the, the Metallica chat. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm going by myself, but I'm flying to the Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, is anybody keen? Is anybody else going there? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going. Yep. Um, how will I meet you? And um, uh, I get messages like, I'm boarding the plane. Hurry up, hurry up, we're on, the, we're on the Gold Coast. It's all organic yeah. and it happens so naturally and there's such a flow. There's no thought process. It's like, yeah, and next thing you know, you start vibing off another person. Next thing you know, friendship starts, like, is, is built so quickly. And then next thing you know, it's five, ten years later and you still got that type of relationship. Yeah. You, know, you might see each other every day or... That's right. You know, for me personally, I've really missed a lot of the Australian friendship part other than yourself being from Newcastle and through my timing of life. So mine, mine come at the back end of going into the 30 year show, started a lot earlier and then obviously you get married and career mm. and then that eats in in your Metallica time and what you prioritise and then obviously the 30 year shows after a breakdown of a marriage, you go, I, I went back into the Metallica world and I met a lot of good friends from Europe and that led into me spending so much time in Europe and yes. travelling to that part of the world and then to the US and meeting a lot of friends in and around that. So this was really my opportunity to get to know more of the Australian side of the Metallica family who obviously through their own choices in life. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's that part of it's really bittersweet. Obviously met Nathan today. Obviously know Nathan through other vehicles, but I mean, it's, it's good to... And mate... I love looking at him your whole life. Yeah, it's, it does. It's really it does. Cra it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that. You just feel like that type of personality is like, like a glove. No, I've known your whole life, and you just have that type of relationship straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the, those types of people. Sorry, I want to tell you this story because it's it's. I get ribbed about this all the time yeah. by 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 this the by the group of, um, and uh, we're joking about things today and, and on the tour, but. This, this is what it all started, and this is how I joined this group. Yeah. Um, so, I get... I, it gets dropped around a lot. Oh, that, that was a lot yeah. later. That was a lot later. <laughs> but but um, uh, this is how I got the nickname uh, Bo. Bo. Yeah, I got the nick... This is how I got the nickname Bo. So, um, I booked a hotel, and I said, I'm by myself. Um, but, you know, I've got my place, so let's meet up, and we'll go have a drink at the bar, anyway. So I get to the Gold Coast airport and um, uh, I go to the taxi. I, I said, I'm here. I tell the guys, I'm here. I'm, uh, I'm just going to get in a taxi. Uh, go to my, uh, drop, drop my, um, my bags off and then I'll come and meet you. I said, oh, okay. Uh, I went to the taxi and I said, hey, mate, um, here, here's, the, here's where I'm staying at. Uh, Bow Desert. <laughs> And he and he looked at me, he looked at me and he's got he looked at me and he said, "Is this where you're staying?" I was like, "Yeah, I I, I did some I, I just saw it online. It was the cheapest one." And I was like, "He said, mate, are you are you serious?" I was like, "Yeah, mate, yeah." This is two thousand and four. Yeah. Obviously, no Google Maps. So, of course. Um, I had like the brick no, phone. Google.com. Yeah, no, yeah, no reviews. No reviews. So, <laughs> and, and it's like. Are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, mate. And he said, you know, it's going to take about 90 minutes to get to Bow Desert. <laughs> 90 minutes. 90 minutes. <laughs> 90 minutes in a taxi. Bow Desert. And he said, you got, you got a spare 200 bucks on you? And I was yeah. like, uh, no. So, anyway, uh, I, I rang up the guys and said, hey, um, I don't have a place to, to, to stay for the, uh, the night. Um, is it cool if I... Uh, um, you know, I, I need to find a place to, to stay now on short yeah. notice. Oh, just come and stay where we are. You can sleep on the floor or sleep on the couch. And that's how it all happened. Yeah. And got drunk with these guys that I've never met before. And uh, 
you know, slayed on the couch, and that's how it all. And yeah. then it was like, oh, you, you're going to Brisbane? Oh, you're going to Sydney? Yeah, me too. Uh, so you know what I mean? Again, it just happens all organically yeah. and all naturally, and it just. It, so that was so that was fifteen family at its best. over fifteen years ago, yeah, that's and um, its best. and they still. To this day, uh, like uh, Mark and Adam, they'll they will call oh. me they'll call me Bo. Bo. Yeah. So that's where that's how no. that's how that all, all come along. But Bobby came along, Bobby Lupton come along, uh, the standard What a guy. Standard nicest guy, one of the nicest guy. guy you'll meet. Of course. But um, he's got the, the very uh, cliched uh, standard. standard now, standard. and uh, at least now, at least fists up. a little bit about fist up. <laughs> yes, and yeah, and um, uh, yeah, he's he's got. I'm sure if uh, you're a Metallic Australian Metallica fan, uh, you will have seen uh, Bobby uh, naked. Uh, he likes to show off. He's uh, he's got a CD like the CD cover of. <laughs> On his back of every CD that Metallica really? studio album he does? on his back, yes. And uh, Sign up, fist up. Fist up, fist yeah. Up. <laughs> fist up. Yeah. So uh, I was asking Nathan the question, where is he put um uh, oh. yeah, so uh, hard wire. Right. And where's he gonna put S and then too? <laughs> Is it going to be on the? Questions. Is it going to be on the ass yeah, cheek? First world problems, they are. And if you put S and M on 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 the ass cheek, well, you're going to put two, well, one and two. Well, he's already got. I think he's got one. I don't know. But maybe S and M two on the ass cheek. That's a bit out of it, isn't it? Well, S N. <laughs> you can put. You know, just picture. It. You only got a picture of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's probably not. It's probably not something you want to think about. Bobby might have to retire the CD tattoos <laughs> uh, after hard way <laughs> after the ass cheeks. <laughs> uh, but cool guy. If you ever want a bootleg of Metallica, uh, I shouldn't be promoting this, but um, yeah, Bobby's your guy. He, he's got so many bootlegs. It's not funny, and it's not Isn't just it? Metallica. It's Guns and Roses and Bon Jovi and Slayer and Megadeth yeah. and. Um, if you want to, if you want a, uh, a show that you went to, um, nine times out of ten, he, he will he will have that for you. So uh, look him up, Bob Metallica Freak. There you go. There's a plug for you, mate. It just highlights just the level and the and the type of fan that Metallica has, where it ranges from people that go to shows to people that are just passionate about bootlegs, people passionate about pics and memorabilia, people are passionate about. Official chapters, yeah. Facebook pages. It just goes on and on, well, and it just—it's just growing exponentially. It's—it's like they're becoming such a massive, big brand yeah. beyond even what we thought they were before. So I mean, we sit there going, "How big Metallica?" Well, I've been saying how big Metallica have been for twenty years, and it <laughs> just seems they can't—they yeah. possibly, possibly couldn't get any bigger. And all of a sudden, it's like they do full head again, like the full headlining tours now, full stadium tours. But where do you, you know? go? Like that, that that's one of the, that's one of the things that um, I've always sort of uh, waved the flag for with Metallica, especially I remember in high school how everybody uh, it was cool to hate Metallica, yeah. and it was very easy to hate Metallica. Well, I mean, in I, the yeah, way I go back a little bit further when Metallica would, would no, no one heard of Metallica. Mm. I mean, no one. I mean, when I go back to when I first started listening when I was 16, I mean, it was off uh, my stories around a Scottish lad that was on one of my vacations that just happened to have a, a mixtape of a whole lot of European metal and one of the songs was Fade to Black. Mm. And it was just that instant, you know, like, never heard anything like that before, emotional, like, connected really emotionally, and then it went from there, and then going to the record store back in the day when it was going through the imports and back Iron Maiden covers and finding Metallica, oh yeah, I'll get that. And at that particular time it was about 86 and you'd find three albums, took them home, it's like, wow. Yeah. You know, and it was like, yeah, it wasn't cool, it wasn't a thing to do, it was your no. bit of an outcast, you, you, you know, that sort of mm. the outcast type music, metal was very much like an outsider type thing and, you know, yeah. the boys in the band explain a, bit, a lot better than I can, but then that sort of snowballed into Injustice with a lot more popularity around one and the yes. video and then that rolled into obviously Black Album. The Black Album. And yes. then that where it was like 
gear. It's when Craig come in. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously for someone like myself where it was like how proud to hear Metallica on the radio and just yeah. how powerful that, that album was. And I was like, yeah, I'm a Metallica fan. Yeah. And all of a sudden, mates start, oh, Metallica, yeah, pretty good, pretty cool song. Yeah, well, yeah, I've been telling you that for 10 years. Yeah. You know? so, sorry, I, I wanted to get back before, like, about um, with Bobby um, and talking about the friendships in, the, yeah. in, in Australia. Um, I would always see Bobby, uh, he'd have the mullet, the long hair mullet. Yeah. But it was like I'd go down and watch a metal show, and he would always be there. Whether it didn't matter what show it was, yeah, what band it was, it was rock, hard rock, yeah, heavy metal, the true metal head. We'd it was always the same guys, fist and, pumps, yeah. And then uh, when Metallica did come for the uh, the two, so what the, was this? What the first tour with? Oh, ninety eight maybe. No, it was a bit after. I probably would have seen him because uh, I only started doing my tour thing yeah. around that time. Yeah. Um, uh, like like heavy yeah. going down to Sydney. Yeah. For any concert, um, but I like two thousand and four was when I saw I saw him in the mosh pit in Sydney. I was like Bobby, and we're we're actually. Yeah, uh, day out, Sydney. yeah, Big we, storm. we're on the, the channel, we're on the channel yeah. V, yeah. yeah, a couple of times. Me and Bobby are, are oh, standing, yeah. standing yeah. in the mosh pit. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's just it was just fate. I mean, everybody, you know, just seeing him all the time, and it's like, yeah, oh, you got bootlegs, hell yeah, you're my friend, <laughs> yeah. yeah, good times. That was uh, the best way to get like your official. They were non-official then, but like now the you equate to like your Metallica live recordings. Well, so so much live met recordings. Yeah, that you can that you officially download. Like they were they were, they were the equivalent back in those days. So you get nearly every show or close to every show, and you know you could get European shows because obviously back then they weren't. They were, that was the only way you could. They were available through through a bootleg process, and I mean you didn't have like the exchange now with digital media and. How you can access things through YouTube and like it was just a wholly different different era. Yeah, I mean it was. Um, I can remember going when the Met Club first officially formed, and there was a, an, a there was a section at the back, seek and buy. I think they. Oh yeah. There, and you could actually guys were like would um advertise certain elements around official um MTV shows and things that the band would do, like the M M MTV Motherload shows and. You would send money, and he would re record things on for on your VHS and send it back. Right. So obviously in Australia we didn't have any, we didn't have any of that type of access. So yeah, there was yeah. all this exchange around videos, and it was it was all official things, but we just we didn't see it on Australian TV or have access to it here. So well, what was that? I know they did it for the Black Album. I think mm -hmm. they had a, a a little spot in the the Snake Pit where yeah. they would allow people to come in. Yeah, yeah. With recording. They did. There was uh, a special tape section. I don't think too many bands would do that because no. they would want that access to the... Well, there's, the, on the year and a half videos, there's a section where the guys kind of get in with a tape section ticket and they did have, they did allow a limited number of people to tape right. shows. Mm. Where those shows went or where they went to and what they were actually for. I mean, you know, it's anyone with a yeah. use or then they start. And, and then that's what, where it was before trademarking and, and what you have yeah, to sign. The official part, what, yeah, the confidentiality yeah. around all that was like a completely different era. So, of course, really back in those days, that, that was a good vehicle to advertise your music. Yeah, of course, yeah. I that's mean, awesome. you only got to look going back years earlier with No, no Life Forever. I mean, things start off at that point where you're sharing and, I mean, it was a whole different... Now it's protecting what you have. Yeah. And it's funny how... Metallica started at one point where they did that and then obviously the Napster and all that sort of they went to another stage where they want to protect everything which is totally true they yeah, were right yeah. on that but I'm just meaning just that time period shifted in terms of a social standpoint which is very interesting the way we look at music and how we share music and how we have availability around music maybe we can wait till the 30 uh, was it what's 30 40. years for, for Black Album yeah yeah yeah, 91. Well, I think with a band with like Metallica, there's an anniversary for pretty much everything now. I mean, you can mm. 
you know, well, that's the thing with all the bootleggers yeah. in 91. They've got, then maybe they can go, okay, remember yeah. when we gave you free access to, you know, these shows? All right, we want full access to it now. So for the 30th anniversary, maybe that's a, maybe that's a 30 year plan. <laughs> well, <laughs> Who would have thought, know, yeah, would have well, thought 30 years from yeah. now that they were going to do that? It's interesting to hear at the start of the SNM2 process around just how, how Lars obviously articulates is so brilliantly the way he articulates the information. That's how he says it. Yeah. How, how, does, how does Lars say it? Have yeah. you got a good Lars impersonation? Oh, I'm not really good at Lars, but I mean, just the, the, way, the, way, the way he sort of articulates things and he's like really yes. good at explaining things and it was like it happened very organically, like it was 20 years and it got bought through management and mm. know, let's get it together and they, they um, linked it in with the Chase Centre opening and it was just seemed like it just happened seamlessly. So all factors come into play and that was what turned into SNM too. And, mm. and from a fan's perspective, like, having been lucky to do the 30 year shows and some the Master Puppets anniversary shows, the Black Album anniversary mm. tours, etc. Stop it. Stuff. <laughs> no, I'm just making a point yeah, where yeah. it sits in the bigger picture of things yeah. of being a fan for that period of time. Yeah. For me, it was not only the, 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 the band aspect of it, the fan aspect of it, mm. the opportunity to be around to, to be around fans from around the world. Like, I never, ever thought the 30-year shows would ever, ever come close to terms of that part of it. Obviously, yeah. in the 30-year show, there'd be no other argument around how many songs they played and mm. the intimacy around the shows themselves, so that yeah. part of it. But the event, I mean, the fan event, um, the Night Between show, you know, just the act, you know, it was just brilliant. That yeah. Whole, it was just a Metallica and the thing is, like, uh, uh, I've seen other anniversary shows and, um, you know, they, they just come out and do, like, a greatest hit set. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's, that'd be boring. I mean, but the Metallica 30 anniversary show was, was so fan-based and it was, it was not, pre- there was no pressure. They were all so happy. James yeah. was like... James lost like a ton of weight for that brand. for that yeah, show. Because he had to. Yeah. You know, because you knew, you, like you know, you were there. Mm. My expectations and, and the idea and the picture I had in my head how those shows were going to be was completely flipped on its head. Yeah. Every, new set every night. Well, how I think they sort of how they, I think how the, they f- the banter around Jim Brewer and it was brilliant. I thought that was really great. Mm. The, the fan quiz, you know, yes. all, the, all that bringing special guests. It was all and surprise how? related. Like there was no, I had had no. Yeah, there was no. Any of no that one, no one, no one knew what guest. Aussie, the oh. level of, I mean, it just went on. You go on and on and on, and it was like surprise after surprise. And like when you think it couldn't be topped, it was. And it was like oh, seeing God, seeing seeing Dave there was was oh, so great yeah. for for me as a, a oh. as a Megadeth fan and the significance of that reunion. Oh, definitely, was just, definitely, it was just massive. And, and Jason, and, and Jason for me personally. Yeah, Jason, Jason. definitely. Yeah. But for, for Dave, um, I know Dave cops a lot of shit with the Metallica fans, and um, I, I can understand their points of view that that um, you know they uh, they don't like him as a singer or they they don't like that type of music, but you can't um, him Dave Mustaine as a musician. Is brilliant. He's a brilliant, brilliant guitar player. Yes, he says a lot of dumb shit, but you can't, um, you can't dismiss his influence on the start of that band. You yeah. can't dismiss his influence of the start of that band. And, and, and he was, and they were still using his material in Ride the Lightning yeah. as well. So yeah, it's a huge, it, sure. yeah, it's a huge. When the mechanics um, and the, those type of songs, obviously. But again, mm. the, but there's also a bigger picture too in terms of just his influence and how he put he, he pushed James into certain things that James yes. weren't comfortable. There's aspects around the dynamics in the band that a lot of people mm-hmm. sort of pushed to a side and look and that was probably part of the reason why he was fired. Yes. I mean, but it also pushed them to a point. So I mean without that they wouldn't got to that point as well. But Kirk brings such a more natural of course. medium between of two course. very big personalities. And I think that yep. you needed someone like that, a calm, rational head between two such Definitely. Ego-driven lads that want to drive the car. If that's and, good and, I, and I, that's the thing with Dave that, that I, I won't defend on him is how the alcohol, alcohol and the drugs thing and giving him a second chance 
the van was about to explode. Um, and they, they, you know. But I would, I would look But at he it. continued for years. But I would look at it that I would argue that he would have been told more than once that, look. Of course. So it's easy of to course. say this was the, the, the finding point's always been, it's going to be the one that gets highlighted, of course. that gets sacked. It, that, that wouldn't have come out of the blue. But they, 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 they needed, they, there would have been numerous times where, and I've just, read numerous things about yeah, David, that party, come, David come being the one that get aggressive and. But he come, you know, he, he even used to come out like even in the like the mid two thousands, uh, like 2010, 2011. It's like, oh, I wish I was still in Metallica. Oh, they stop. It's like, Dave, you're yeah. a part of Megadeth. Right. You've sold. You know, 30 million albums. You're an international band. Yeah. You're renowned all over the world. Like, it's like, that it's whole, like the whole, all those achievements. It's sort of for him, it's a bit like dating the prom, prom queen and you end up with a sister. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like that's sort of how it is. Like, you, you end up with something pretty significant, but mm. for him, it sort of he sort of minimises a lot of what is his success with Metallica. It just goes back to Metallica. Yeah, but. and I mean, I do see, I can see why that could be the case for someone like Dave. Of course. From a personality standpoint. And I mean, the, the bitter, bitterness and resentment that surfaces with him is probably, yeah, he doesn't, you could keep that a lot more private and I, and I think the little well, jabs here and there are pretty unnecessary. Well, he, he's, he's in a bad way as well. Like yeah, he, well, he, he's, he, yeah, so he's doing the whole chemo thing as yeah. well. So, um, I hope, yeah, two of my biggest heroes um dave and james like uh i I just hope they quick recoveries and uh get back out to do especially all dave as well like i I just want him to get back out there playing music just like james as well like um my gut feel buddy with james is is it's precautionary uh, i honestly feel it's precautionary and i think what what i do know about addicts is 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 that when you get to when you've being an addict for a certain amount of time, you start to know where your steps are, mm. where your where your point yes. points are, and I think he's sort of caught it at a certain point to know where he yeah. can wheel it back in. What time frame and what process that is is, is obviously speculation. Mm. So, but I think he has caught it, and I think um, you know what process he takes and how well he can recover mm. from that is going to be the issue. There's a whole different range of factors around his age. Yeah, how his motivation is. That's right. What does, I mean, all those elements are all going to come into play, and I think well, now that his yeah. family's growing up now, yeah, so it's, you know, all and being on the road, I mean, coming what back. Have you got to prove? I mean, do, yeah, they're, they're the challenges about the motivating side of being yeah. that successful. Because obviously, the monetary side's obviously with them as of all, course. They're, that's long gone. Money, that's not a motivating factor for the four members of the band. Mm. That, that's a separate issue. The four members of the band. You always hear Kirk talking about new material. I think that's James is more vehicle mm-hmm. to to keep the mate. Let's keep challenging ourselves. Lars talks about a lot. Let's keep challenging ourselves musically. But then when the touring thing keeps getting brought up and yeah. added, and we're adding more dates, duration of time, we're then starting to go into that 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 sort of aspect of Metallica, the time frames between albums. Mm. We're already look. We're already three years in post. Already. Well, that, that's that's the thing. Like w- when they changed that whole system of playing for two weeks, yeah. like, like six or seven shows yeah. in two weeks, and then having two weeks off. Yeah. The tour ends up being two or three years for the album. Um, I mean, I know they want to go back and see their family, but um, especially when you come out to Australia and you go back to the US, that's a full day to get there. Yeah. You know takes you half a day a day to recover for uh, um so that, and, and you got, and then you got to come back to finish off the the, the tour i mean I, they did that twice and i can remember when they released hardwired that they said how great that experience was and how proud they were of that album and what it highlighted was how important it was for them to release new music and they would never ever take as long to record a new, new album mm. that that was quite widely reported mm. but isn't it funny when something's successful and this gets back you to the when it, when something's really successful, this gets back to the point yeah. about the business side, how that can start dictating certain mm. things. Because we're now we're already three years in, we've got yeah, a cancel tour. Now we've got dates going into next year. Oh, next year, two thousand twenty. I think we're going to go into two thousand twenty-one. So we're already yeah. four years and another year to make another. So you're already looking mm. at five years. So that sort of approach or 
and process that, yeah. is already out the window. So I mean, we're not going to. That's scary. That to to me to, for for James at the moment. That's scary. Uh, over twelve months of dates that uh, you know they're booking ahead. I mean, wait, not too many bands do that. Not even like young bands. They they don't go out and book twelve months in advance. I mean, that's it's just very very interesting. Like uh, you know, there's a lot still a lot of what ifs and. You know, we, we're talking about uh, James and precautionary and all that, but some people are speculating that it, it, it might not be. Like, um, but who knows? You know, it's the big what if. There, there hasn't been a lot of information come out mm. in regards to that. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about um, uh, going back to the individual like James and Lars, um, and we were talking about it this afternoon. Uh, about the individual and I, I, I want to bring it up because I think it's important because for the average fan uh, with Lars um, they see him with Napster they, they see him being the front man uh, like uh, of all the, the, like the yeah the mouthpiece the yeah. business sort of guy so sometimes it, it, he comes off as a, an arrogant sort of you know uh, doing it for the money only, and uh, but me and you have met him, mm. um, and for me, he's the he, most personal. He, he couldn't have been the, going the nicest guy right. out of the whole group. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, that's that's very true. So yeah. when it comes back to the whole fan thing, um, and I think especially when the band almost broke up when James went into rehab for the first time. I thought I think that gave him a big kick, kick in the butt that period, um, and I'm glad that he sort of carried that on, you know, almost twenty years later, yeah. twenty years later, um, yeah, he still got that passion about the the, the whole fan the the fan thing, yeah. and he still goes to every meet and greet as far as yeah. I'm aware, um, where he didn't do previously. I know that. On the Reload tour, I don't think he was doing the meet and greets. They I think it was just those. Jason. There was, there was, they split those in, on various sections of the tour. Mm. We got lucky on that because in 98, we got the four members. Mm. So I mean, we have got lucky on in certain things. We've been lucky yeah. We've been lucky in 2010. We had the best shows on that whole Adult Death Magnetic Tour. Mm. I mean, there's no argument. We had the yeah. best quality songs, the best quality shows, the best... We had 14 shows in our country in, in Australia. I yeah. Mean, so, I mean, sometimes we've got to be very careful about sort of certain areas of it. But, um, but it's a six-year wait where it can be... Yeah. Where we sort of... We're, we're, we're caught in that. And again, for the average fan that, that doesn't understand the whole process, they, they would just see like a... Of course. You know, okay, we cancelled the tour. What? I paid 260 yeah. bucks to the gate and the mosh pit. Self, you self, guys suck. Yeah, self, you're self, doing it for the money. They, they don't know the whole process. And even if they say, yeah. oh, we went back in the rear, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I, I booked a flight. I booked a hotel. Yeah. You know? Well, no one forced you to do that, and you do that for your own. That's your responsibility. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, I was very vocal about the timing of it, which really mm. affected me in a sense of it highlighted. Mm. I, understand I understand the touring process as well as anybody, but it was the timing that highlighted Mm. The money aspect of what those yes. festival tours are gonna are gonna make for the band. Yeah. If you're gonna deny that, I think you're sort of looking at the situation yeah. completely completely wrong. I think. Mm. I think, and that's they're rightly to do that. That's in a market where they're gonna that's gonna be advocated. That that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the timing around cancelling dates at a place and then not making that a priority to reschedule. Yes. So I, I mean, so I mean, that's a real difficult process, difficult sort of process to think about in terms of yes, things are in works, things are in play, mm. but you could argue that so was Australia six months prior to that. Yeah. So well, it sort of flows into certain things. So I mean, it is a bit of pill to swallow, and, and, I, and I, I've and gone through a lot of I, like personally, yeah. I've, I, I've gone through it all. But I mean, I know Sweet. a lot of Australians have it, and, I, and it's the, I think the fallout is going to be pretty substantial. Yeah, you know, I, I think, agree. I mean, I, I don't the think it'll be a stadium tour here. I don't think no. it's going to be a, re, a back to an arena tour. Mm. Maybe the back end of next year into 2021. 
Well, I mean, I mean, we can talk about it. Like, I, I, I'm okay to talk about it. Uh, you know, when we found out that the tour was cancelled. Yeah. I mean, I, I was in Seoul having a uh, Seoul, Korea, having a yeah. holiday. Yeah. And um, uh, obviously, I'm behind and uh, in, in the in, like with the US. I was still asleep, and uh, I woke up and my phone exploded. Mm. Um, what the hell? What the hell? Y- y- you know. And um, I read the, the statement and um, I was just like, I just was like really quiet and just shocked. And um, actually, you were the first person that I called actually yeah. uh, when I talked to you about it. And you were both yeah. very emotional and uh, yeah. about it, well, you know. My, my natural inclination was first and foremost, James. Mm. That's where my whole thought process went because yeah. you're cancelling a tour yeah. first time other than after Cliff's death that they've cancelled something mm. and along that line so I mean that so that's your first point of call. that it's was long, my first natural that, that was my natural inclination was holy crap he's in a really 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 bad place and it even made me question even going to watch the movie yeah well that's Cause, what because he's doing that because again my background from a, from a working standpoint suggests well, that's that what was, it, yeah it makes it quite so made it very like how it was, how it was actually worded, the wording and everything mm. made it seem that it was pretty significant, and, and obviously cancelling the tour suggests that anyway. Yeah. And so I mean, um, yeah. So that was that was that part. Then you get through that process where, okay, James, this this is what's happening, and you deal with that. But then um, you go to the the S and M, and okay, obviously being there and experiencing yes, the show, it was you were there. I, I felt exactly seeing the movie what I felt when I actually saw it live but he was phenomenal he was like mate, so you couldn't amazing. you couldn't tell not, you couldn't tell not the from a performance standpoint obviously being at the the section I was in so do you yeah. want to do you want to, do you honestly think that his motivation first and then two was that that he knew that this was going to be the last yeah. hour of the yep. year that's that's my that's yeah. my um educated opinion around how some people deal with mental health and how they can right. get through certain things that if they know there's an end, yes, um, they can get through to a point. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's um, the way I certainly look at it. It's a bit of a how, Yeah, there's, yeah you, mm. you, you've got an end point. At, at the end of this, I've got endless amount of time to get yes. my situation sorted. And I think that showed in his performance. And yeah. I think that's those decisions were made pretty much straight after or even, even before the end of the European Stadium run because mm. there was so so it, so yeah. the dates the dates were confirmed like you probably would have said okay let's cancel the Australian let's all tour. agree yep. let's cancel the Australian Remains tour involved let's get all that's already that ball rolling yep let's so we'll put, we'll put you yep. into rehab we'll put the movie out yep um, it'll give yep. you some time to recover we'll do some promotion the rest of the yep. band and then you get better Yep. And, and then um, uh, then we'll announce some, some dates for the US uh, for, for next year. Hopefully by that time that you'll be okay to... Yeah, and, and that would have to be run through him for sure. Yeah, I mean, it would there's have no, to. There, there's no shadow, a lot of people speculating that mm. this and that. There's no way on this high end of hell... James would have had to confirm that there's no way in high high hell that that wouldn't have been run through because if he would have said no that's a full member band decision where management would not even have a say if he's not prepared to say look and this is where I get back to being an experienced addict and understanding Mm. addiction he knows his tipping point he knows he's got to a certain point getting 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 to a certain and he needs help getting to a certain point and hitting rock bottom are two different things Mm. So if he's starting to realise he's heading to that direction, he's caught it at a right time. And for me, mate, that's the best thing. If that yeah. if, if if that's us missing us, if that's us missing his dates, and miss, so be it. Mm. I mean, if that's tough. That's not easy for me yeah. to say. Yeah. Um. There's you know that snowballs into your own personal situations, which um, are on me, are what, yeah. on us as as grown ass men. But, uh, also, but also I'm saying that um, the feedback on the social media and, and I was oh. one too but I, I deleted my comment yeah. uh, but um, all stuff yeah lots of people yeah. e- even after the comment of Lars saying that you know we're doing this for James and 
we'll come back to Australia and and redo the tour again when we're all fit and healthy. Um, still some major major back from from the Australian fans. I still think the major the major point was James's health. Yes. But there was there was particularly from worldwide. Yeah. But I think there was still a really really high level of of hatred and bitterness just of, from the Australian sector fans that of course. Made, and just prioritising the Australian yeah, tour yeah, instead of, of the American tour. Yeah, which is, there's a tinge of selfishness in that, but I also understand I don't think why. so. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a yeah. self... If, if you're not from... A, if, you, if you haven't got a ticket from overseas coming yeah. to Australia, then it's not really your concern. Like, yeah. you're not going to the show, so um, you can have an opinion, but... Yeah. Uh, you yeah. mean from an overseas fan's perspective talking about yeah, Australia? Oh, yeah, I was talking like, about Australia. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, well yeah. the Australian opinion yeah. was very vocal. That yeah. and, and the There was a tinge of selfishness amongst the Australian fans to a degree where yep. there was the poor me, there was a bit of poor me yes. victimised. Well, I, to I, a small degree. I can get yeah. away with that, but, but I can un- the point but, that I, I agreed with was that the Australian tours should have been prioritized if you're gonna if you're gonna set dates for the american tour why can't you say okay well we're gonna put australia in uh june and july or we're gonna put uh you know to finish off the year and that was my point Mm. which i which i was very very vocal about which because it's about money it's about businesses and that and that doesn't make sense too because if you're gonna then reschedule everybody got refunds yeah, uh, but, last, the, but last the, amount, the the minimisation of what Australia would the loss is totally insignificant yeah. to the amount of money they're going to make in the US yes. on these f- yeah. festivals. So and that's what did that's you say what, approximately? Well, I mean, it's rumours around yeah. five million per show. I mean, wow. again, these are just figures that have been banded around. I mean, I and there's no no way that they would get five million in a show well, here. I, in I don't know. I mean, no, I mean, there's there's no way. But I mean, just getting back to your point around the, the Australian fans and. Sort of how we've handled it. I mean, for the most part, it's been pretty well handled, yes. particularly from the higher end of fans that are the more dedicated fans of, of accepted it like ourselves. Yes. But then there's the general fan that are oh, yes. Met- Metallica or fuck this, you know, they don't give a fuck about Australia and poor me, and there's all that part of it. But then I didn't really appreciate a lot of fans from overseas yeah. interjecting themselves in something that they have really don't know anything about in terms of how spoiled they actually okay. are. It's like, it's like, it's like. Uh, the brother at Christmas that gets 12 toys but he wants his brothers yeah you know it's like you can't really say because you're so spoiled you don't really understand what it is on on the other like the shoe on the other foot yeah we were talking about this today like uh, um, me you and Nathan uh, have done quite a lot of shows um, and, and being from Australia I mean it's super difficult uh, yeah. like every six years Metallica will come here so when uh, like a hardcore fan like yeah. me and you and Nathan, uh, we go to as many shows as yeah. we can. So what, I'm not actually talking about myself personally. Yeah. I mean, I'm speak, speaking pretty much, and I'm not saying that I'm, well, mouthpiece that, that's for that's Austra- I'm not saying yeah. I'm the official mouth, mouthpiece for Australian fans, but mm. I speak for a lot of Australian fans in the terms of um, exactly that. Well, I mean, we're talking yeah. about before the saturation in the American market. Yeah. Um, just for hindsight, if we were if we were living in the US, um, I think I would have done a lot of shows, yeah. a yeah. lot of shows. If, if if show numbers are your motivation, I exactly. Mean, I, I don't really, for me personally, show numbers is something that's sort of insignificant in a in a, in a way of like exactly a person. What you want to, I mean, mm. for some, if some people want to look at show numbers as, because there's always a kind of. A, a, connotation around what a show number means mm. so it means i got 20 or well i've got 25 i'm better than you so you're, project, yeah, 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 you're projecting yeah. something yeah. and i mean that's fine mm. so if it's for me i'm very proud around the fact is that i've stuck with this band and been in this in, into this band for over 30 years and had over 30 years of shows so i mean that's my that's my thing and that's something that i hang on to but then again i don't project that on other people though i keep and that's my i keep that pretty much to myself and i'm I don't need other people's yeah. affirmation to say, yeah. oh, that's great. Yeah, I don't, because yeah. I just don't need you that do it for yourself. Of, and I do it for myself, and that's just something, and that's, 
that sort of snowballs into just the level of fans that the Metallica has. And you know what, with Metallica, um, we're, we're just, people forget this, they're very, very quick that um, in 2000, they were going to break up. Yeah. In 2000, there was going to be no Metallica. Yeah. That, uh, it was like, you know. I mean, it's well documented. We've got, a, we've yeah. got a documentary to that's, watch it. That's it, but that's what I'm saying, but like... Um, there was gonna be no Metallica. Mm. What are we? What are we gonna do for up until now? Yeah, like we wouldn't even be here. We wouldn't be talking about Metallica. I'd probably, I'd probably still be married. You know what I? Yeah. That's just true. Yeah. I mean, where you, where you sort of again it sort of yeah. gets back into where getting back to the fan and the type of fan Metallica has and where you fit Metallica into your life and the priority mm. centered around your choices around that is different yes. for everyone. So, I mean, if that's one fifty shows or one, yeah, or if that's, that's right. 20 years or two years, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you're a Metallica fan, you love Metallica. That's right. I mean, I find all that, I, I find all that type of thinking really tedious to, to a degree. Mm. Um, and again, just getting back to my own personal situation, yeah, like, I mean, I love them that much that I put pressure on, like, in my own personal life around mm. going to shows and, and then being around people that don't really understand that level of passion yeah, and, yes. and dedication to something. Yes. But then, and then that's your choice. You've got to deal with the consequences. You've got to push boundaries around your own personal life, mm. around jobs, around... Because, I mean, I've, I've, some of the stories I've heard around people quitting jobs, selling cars, um, selling themselves, you know, you know like... I, you know. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. people really... And that's their choice. And it's not a judgment standpoint. It's an observation yeah. standpoint. It's just where Metallica are and what mm, fans are passionate. willing to do. And I think it's mm. really, really great. Um, yeah. But in the end, I see this more as an equality thing as we're all... Yes. We love the band. And it's no... And um, it's not a... Um, I, There's no hierarchy in the world of a Metallica right. fan. There's that's no right. hierarchy in the world of a Metallica that's fan. That's right. So I'll and, find that part of it. And I, I find that, uh, bat, you know, because um, I was right into it, you know, a couple of years ago mm. um, uh, for the Death Magnetic. Um, but then after a while, um, uh, I would go on to like the chat groups and, yeah. the, and uh, Facebook and... I just see the constant negativity and just mm. bashing of the band and, you know, whatever they did sucked and, um, you know, that person, you know, that fan's better than that fan. And, and well, my, what, my opinion oh, counts more than or, yours. Or, or what you did, um, you, know, you know, you didn't deserve that, you know? You know what I mean? And there's certain fans that are out there that, I think you know, that's, that, that's their, they're, they're my band, Metallica's my band, and yeah. you can't have them, well, you know? Yeah, that's, that, that sort of snowballs in a sort of some entitlement issues some people have, which yeah. is a personality trait, which some yes. people are going to have generally. Mm. You know, like, I see it a lot centred around certain fans in certain countries. Yes. You know, so it's their band. Yes. You know, where... We're sort of we're sort of an afterthought. Yes. Of degrees. If so they don't, like, yeah, if they don't play in this country, yeah. then yeah, it's I mean, okay I, to I, play. And, 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 and I don't mind bringing it up. And, and if someone will agree, I, I can remember through the two thousands in the in the two thousand twelves, the Black Album tour, anniversary tour, into by request, into Leeds, Reading, um, a lot of those shows. I can a lot of US fans. Why aren't they playing in America? Mm. Well, where's all the American dates? Mm. And it was constant, and I can remember having issues on the, on the on the Met boards about yeah. stop crying and complaining. I mean, how many yeah. shows have you had on this tour? How many shows have you had on that tour? Yeah. Tour, and it creates this rule. Are, the uh, are yeah. they? But are they selling out these shows in America consistently? Are they consistently? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah you only got to look at the records, at, uh, all the arenas that they played. I mean, um, the stadiums were pretty much. So 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 I, I say that, and I forgot to bring it up earlier, but um, 
uh, I wanted to uh, get your opinion on because you went to the shows there with uh, with Jim Brewer. I love yeah. I love Jim Brewer. I think he's one of the funniest guys. Yeah. I listened to his podcast. Yeah. Um, I saw his show in Sydney. Yeah. Um, well, before he, he even he, did he, the Metallica, he made the thirty year shows. Oh, for me, he was, was so funny. Yeah. Um, he's a really good guy, and like again, I'm a lot, a lot like you. I, I have a personal affinity with him too. From have you seen his standpoint? Have you seen him yeah, do do course, do his skit where he does uh, no, Brian I mean, Johnson? Yeah. And, I mean, one of the best things I've seen was yeah. him on TV icon with Metallica, where he did the nursery. nursery yeah, nursery he did, he does the nursery yeah, rhymes. You're happy when you know it. Unbelievable. He does Always Yours Born, he does um, uh, Judas Priest. Yeah, yeah. No, no, uh, he's, he's amazing. So, you relating that to where it clicks with the I, I, I just, I, like, because yeah, there was lots of um, mixed reactions about him being on tour with Metallica. I mean, I know yeah. that they're close, Jana, James, yeah, and Jim yeah, are very, very close to each yeah. other. Um, like, on a very personal, like, their, their family are very yeah. close. Um, but, um, in in my opinion, and, and being a musician as well, um, for a comedian to take the spot of maybe one or two new bands, new metal bands yeah. uh, that are up and coming, uh, a chance to be the support slot for, for Metallica yeah. on an American tour. Yeah. Um, you know, all these bands that, uh, you know, and Metallica were the same. They, they supported Ozzy, they supported Van Halen, after that, it was like pfft, they were doing their own shows. Um, it's like out of the box again, doing something out of the box. Mm. I mean, I know. Again, well, what I was went, your opinion well, on well, it? You well, were because you were there. To, I, I went to two shows, mm. so I mean, from those two shows, from a Metallica standpoint, the atmosphere was like very. For me, it felt like a, f- a family orientated show. Mm. It wasn't that high energy. I mean, Metallica I, sort of like. I've seen the highlights and. But is that where? Yeah. They're playing. They're playing like a DJ and yeah. uh, they're shooting T-shirts into the crowd. I mean, yeah. what the hell there is were, that? There were aspects there that, um, personally, I mean, that's subjective. I mean, I know for some fans, and I know with the, the the US black ticket group, they really that really really made. Well, if you're going, it. if you're going to, if you're going to 20, 20 shows, shows they going to really did a really good job of bringing that group together. But is it more about bringing fifty people together, or is it more about bringing twenty thousand in an arena mm, together right. every yeah. night? So I mean, it's you're always going to get a different opinion on this. Mm. So for someone that went to going to two shows, for me, I felt it was flat and it was more like a, sort of a happy vibe mm. in a way that sort of. When I relate to Metallica, it's like I want energy, I want high levels, I want like a bit of like that real angst of what Metallica music does. Because let's face it, that's what Metallica music is. Mm. It's not pretty. It's not. Yeah. It's it's an aggressive. It's heavy. It's yeah. heavy. It's yeah. aggressive. It's all those things that bring out something in me that like that's why like, I gravitate toward that, mm. particularly them in a band. So if you add a comedian aspect to it, it's sort of. For me, it sort of really didn't really work to a certain degree. Mm. There was elements in it with getting fans up on stage, getting certain, there was specifically the, the US black ticket holders who thoroughly, thoroughly deserve that type of opportunity. They're paying to go to, to a certain amount of shows. But again, is that advocating to 50 fans or yeah. 50,000? Yeah. We've seen pretty much a similar same type of people. And again, if that's a reward, for those people for doing that well, I think the band probably did a really good job at that. I think yeah, it's sort well, of subject. It's a subjective observation, really. Well, if it was like the twentieth anniversary shows where it was a small crowd, and, and uh, yeah. he did his jokes and all that, he, and, they and definitely okay. took elements of that. Elements yeah. of the thirty years. It was right. pretty much the same with the 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 song titles on the head. Yeah, I mean, you could actually say to a degree it was cheesy to a point. But, but yeah, for some people. I mean, I was with. I did the. I did the Whiplash. Whiplash experience on those shows in mm. the US, the B Market Arena shows. So I was. I was on the next to the stage. Right. So you've got like game shows mm. at a Metallica show, and I'm sitting there going, and people around me going, "What the fuck's going on?" Here? You, you want to get pumped up for yeah. the band, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, obviously that's for some people. Mm. I mean, do you do a questionnaire and say to how much of the yeah, the, the twenty five thousand in the arena, but I think 
Uh, you know what? I could just see. Yeah. I could just see. I could just see La- well, La- yeah. Lars and James in the back, yeah. just going. You know, yeah. You know, uh, but it's yeah. typical Metallica are doing something out of the box and doing yeah. something different. So you got to give them respect for doing that. Personally, and we're talking like about it. And we're talking course, about course, it. I mean, so it, and again, I like it. It's, it's whether no you like it or hate it's, it, it's no disrespect to Jim or anything Jim does, or it's not a personal attack on him. It's the relation to a Metallica show, and a lot of people would argue, well. And me, I would argue I only go to see Metallica, so I don't really care about the backup band. Yeah. But in saying that, a backup band will give you a bit of a vibe and it'll give you some a little bit of a sense of an atmosphere. Some mm. could argue all the music that they played, the DJ added a little bit of that. But 20 mm. seconds of a snip of this and 20, thing, 20 seconds of a snip of that. But, but come on, but come on, 30,000 people in yeah. the arena and uh, you, you, you shoot the t-shirts into the Metallica crowd. doing what they do. Yeah. Test... Te- challenging your your aspects and your perception of what you think a, a show is going to be. But you Personally, just see, you just see all the yeah. bands that they they've had support for. You yeah. know, even up in into the load. You know, oh, they, 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 had, they had they had they had Caius. They yeah. even in the black yeah. Caius. And then the load it was Corn and Limpiskit yeah. and System of the Down. Look where all those bands are, have gone after they've supported Metallica. So. Um, yeah, there, there's, you know, lots of... It's an, it's, it was very interesting from just, again, just doing the two shows. and But then, mm. you know, talking to a lot of people from the Black Ticket, they, they loved it. And it, it made actually their, it made mm. their experience really... Capped it off. Yeah, capped it off. Made mm. it more, even more special. Because what okay. it did for that group was make it a family atmosphere and really special. But again... Mm. Is, is that the is that the priority to make it so special for them, or yeah. is it the other twenty? See again, it's so you make Metallica doing what they do best, putting a fence. You're either on one side or the other, yeah. and Metallica do that better than anyone. Yeah. So they come out and, and do some comedy and make it a fun, and then they come out playing hardwired the self-destruct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <so> <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you know, 